And to those of you who are watching this on LiveGate Outreach TV or listening to the audio messages uh, by podcast on iTunes or on our podcast channel in Buzzsprouts, you are also very welcome. Even though you may be hearing this way after the service has ended, I believe that the blessings of God are eternal. And as God is reaching out to us physically in this place today, he will reach out to you where you are. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for the testimonies you send from across the world, from Canada, from Africa, from uh, other parts of the Americas, in Europe. Uh, We are truly blessed to hear that God is reaching you just right there. And you are finding these messages of a blessing as well. We want you to know that the Lord is doing an awesome thing in this year of divine help. And as you hear these words, God will surely continue to help you also in the name of Jesus. And so we want to bless the Lord. We are continuing this series today. This is the second in the series of walking with the Holy Spirit. And uh, the, under, the sub-theme is the Holy Spirit, my helper. And I introduced that topic last week with this banner, which I told you you'll be seeing for the next seven weeks now. It was eight weeks last week, but seven weeks now as we go through the remaining seven topics of the series. And um, this is the first session of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit that we are looking at. For those who are also, uh, who have come a little bit later or who are listening by um, uh, the broadcasts, we read the scriptures from Luke chapter 4, verse 14 to 41. But I want to encourage everyone to look at the entire book of Luke chapter 4 as you meditate on the message and when you listen as well. You see, as our divine helper, the Holy Spirit, we were told last week, is our Lord. He is our comforter. He is our helper. He is our indwelling spirit or our indweller. We discussed all this last week, that all those words mean he is the paraclete. The parakletos in Greek means the one who has been called alongside to walk with you. And um, if we know the power of enablement, when something is committed to help you, you will understand that if God says, my spirit comes alongside you to help you, it means that when we don't receive that help, we're either in ignorance of the help we have, or we are in ignorance of what he can do for us. It has to be either of the two because God's words cannot be broken. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So when I find myself not being able to do some things, it simply means I actually am not acknowledging the power that I have, either by ignorance of not knowing that it's there or not just having the faith to understand that he is able to help me. And so we must understand that even though the Holy Spirit is all these things to us, Just like the Godhead is expressed in three personalities, the Holy Spirit is also personified, according to scripture, in seven distinct functional ways. Say with me, he is the spirit of the Lord. He is the spirit of wisdom. He is the spirit of understanding. Say he is the spirit of counsel. Say he is the spirit of might. Say he is the spirit of knowledge. And say he is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Now, this makes it very interesting. We just said God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And now we're saying the Holy Spirit expresses himself in seven different ways. How complex can these things get? It is not complicated at all. 
Very recently, God opened my eyes to see how we need to understand the Trinity. I gave you the example that Pastor Benny Hinn gave us many, many years ago. I don't know whether he originated it or whether he too picked it from one of the saints of old. But he said, God the Father is like the sun. That you have the sun that you see is like God the Father. The light that you see from it is like God the Son. And the heat that you feel from it is the Holy Spirit. And just last week, God said, son, you know you can use your own life to illustrate the Trinity. And please get me right. I am not equating myself to the Trinity by any standard. Praise the Lord. These days, whatever you say, you have to be very careful. Because brethren are very quick to say things. I am not equating myself to the Trinity. But I want to use my own little experience of life and in the way I function to explain how God showed me how the Trinity is. Now, I am one person. My name is David Oloke. That's my name. That's the name I was given when I was born. I was called David, and I was called some other names. I won't bother to tell you now, but my, my, my first name is David. And uh, I want to thank God for that personality. I grew in it. I treasured the name David. Uh, my elder siblings took other names that were more traditional, but I kept to the meaning of David, uh, to the name of David when I got to know the meaning. So I am called David Oloke by the grace of God all over the world today where my little presence is made known. But the reality is this. To many people, I am different things. Now, there are some of you here that know me only as Pastor David Oloke, who is a minister of the Word of God and the pastor of LifeGate Church. And that is all you know. That is all you know about it. And that is the person of David Oloke you know. And there are hundreds of people, if not thousands by now, who have known or know David Oloke as an academic, somebody who has either taught them in a polytechnic or in a university up to degree level, right up to PhD level in different ways. That is what they know about that David Oloke. That is the same person but expressed as an academic. And there are several people across the world today who know David Oloke simply as an engineering consultant. They have no idea that he is a preacher, They have no idea that he's an academic. They only know him as somebody who offers engineering consultancy services. Now, the three expressions are correct. If three people who don't know anything more than what they know say, the man is an engineering consultant, they are correct. If the second person says, no, I know him as a lecturer. He taught me in 2004. They are correct. If the third person says, no, I know him. He's been my pastor since 2000. They are correct. Because all three are correct. They are the different expressions of the David Oloke that is the one person but who functions in three different ways. And in each of those ways, I can, as I choose, as an academic at times, I express myself as a preacher. Because when I interact with people in the line of academics, I also introduce myself as a person in ministry and then they now know that side. What I'm trying to say is this. God showed me that this is how the Trinity is. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one person. But for the sake of functionality and for the sake of completeness, he expresses himself as God the Father who orders, who speaks, who is in command of everything. And God the Son, he expresses himself as the one who had to come in the flesh. So that he can die on the cross and pay the only sacrifice, the sacrifice that only he himself could have fulfilled. He could not have remained God the Father to do that. So he had to express himself as God the Son. And after that sacrifice was given, he had to live with us God the Holy Spirit 
is the same God who is doing everything so that every one of us can have the total, complete encounter that he desires for mankind. And I hope the expression of the Trinity is clearer to you now. Praise the Lord. Now, it is impossible for this human mind to comprehend the Trinity. We can only try as much as we can to illustrate it, but I'm using that as an example. Now, having said that, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is like taking one of the expressions of God that I've expressed, of my, my person that I've expressed to you. If I take, for example, again, the academic role that I play. The academic role that I play is in many ways. I teach people. I also give consultancy advice relating to academics. I also supervise, not teach now, supervise research and people who do doctoral studies. And I also do other forms of activities. That is the same way. Now, that is the academic role. So, the Holy Spirit also has many ways he expresses himself in order to be that spirit that is called to be the paraclete. Is it making sense? Is it making sense? I want you to try as much as possible because what we are trying to do now is to go into the next seven weeks to go into drilling down to understanding the person of the Holy Spirit so that we understand that in the Godhead that we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but the expression of the Holy Spirit is in these seven ways that helps us to identify with him so that we can truly be helped as he has ordained. And so by the grace of God, this is what the word of God will be uh, exposed to us in the next few weeks to come. And I pray that God will grant us understanding. One more time, Lord, we pray that your spirit will teach us from on high concerning these matters in Jesus' name. So Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1 is where we have been told that the spirit of God will rest upon Jesus Christ by way of prophecy. He said, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, talking about Jesus and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And all those spirits I told you to call, we were told, the manifestation of the spirit from verse 2. He said, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord. So the spirit of the Lord is the expression of the Holy Spirit that empowers the believer for doing greater works. The Spirit of the Lord is the expression of the Holy Spirit, which is the very first one that comes upon you as a believer. You see, when Jesus came, that's why we read from Luke chapter 4. We're going to into Luke chapter 4 very shortly. But we see him manifest in these seven ways. There are many references apart from Isaiah 11.1. 1. Write down, Revelations, write it down, Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Revelation chapter 3. Chapter one, chapter three, verse one. Write down Revelations chapter four, verse five, and Revelations chapter five, verse six. I start again. Revelations chapter one, verse four. Sorry, Revelations chapter one, verse four. Revelations chapter three, verse one. Revelations chapter four, verse five, and Revelations chapter five, verse six. Revelations four, five, particularly, is where we are told that he is like the seven lampstands. That is where we got that image. That we are using for this series. It's like the seven. If you count the candles on that lampstand. There are seven of them. Which represent the seven spirits. The seven manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have only one Holy Spirit. Which is part of the one God. Expressed in seven ways. Hallelujah. 
So Jesus, when he came in the flesh and he, was, he became the son of man, we were told that he went and submitted himself to baptism. We read all this in Luke chapter 3. And uh, the tempter, we didn't read that today because we started reading from Luke 4.14. But before Luke 4.14, the devil came to tempt him. And we know that Jesus defeated him three times. And then the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And he came in Luke 4.14, he came straight into the wilderness in the power of the, he left the wilderness and came into Galilee in the power of the spirit. But the Bible says in verse, Luke chapter 2 verse 16. Let's read Luke chapter 2 verse 16. So when he now had the Holy Spirit, we know what happened in his baptism. How many of us remember when he came up out of the water? The Bible says the Spirit of God descended upon him in the form of a dove. Right? And then the voice from heaven said what? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We know that that is another manifestation of the Trinity right there. God the Father speaking, the Holy Spirit coming, and God the Son being baptized. But what that meant is that God the Son, who was now also at that point in time the Son of Man, was empowered. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you and I for empowerment. Empowerment to perform. The purpose for which he came is so that we can fulfill destiny. Praise the Lord. This is why we are taking time to look at the spirit of the Lord before we go into other aspects of his manifestation in the next few weeks. The spirit of the Lord comes upon us and it is a, it is a continuous experience. When it comes upon you now, you perform, you do those things, then you depend upon him, he comes upon you again. The manifestation of the spirit of God is so real. The Bible says in Luke four sixteen, when he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue and on the Sabbath day, he stood up to read and was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. Let's read verse 17 together. Verse 17, let's go together. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Verse 18, let's shout that together. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Amen. That is what the Spirit of the Lord has come to do. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The word anointed there means he has enabled me. He has empowered me. He has released me to be able to perform. If Jesus, the son of God, as son of man, needed the manifestation of the spirit of the Lord in order to perform the work for whom he has sent, he has been sent to perform, you and I need the spirit of the Lord to continually anoint us so that we can also perform the work of being a witness and the work of functioning in the various roles that God has called us to function in life. Praise the Lord. This is why you must not leave home without it any day. When you are driving to work, you say, Spirit of the Lord, come upon me afresh. Spirit of the Lord, come upon me afresh. David knew that he lost the spirit of the Lord at this point. He said, cast me not away from your presence, O God. Renew the right spirit within me. Hallelujah. Because the spirit of the Lord is what enables you to perform. 
The reason why we feel drained and out and tired in doing the things that we ought to be doing, either in the kingdom or for the things that God has called us to do vocationally, is because we are underplaying the power in the spirit of the Lord. There is the same prophecy that has gone ahead of you, the same way it went ahead of Jesus. How many of us know the chapter he was reading from Isaiah when he read it? Isaiah chapter what? 61. You are not supposed to answer, you know that. I wouldn't be looking there next time. Isaiah chapter 61. (laughs) All those Bible machines, don't look at them when you ask this kind of question. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Those ones, when you wake them up from sleep, they will just tell you straight away. Isaiah chapter 61, the first five verses. The first five verses. He was quoting directly from there. It was a prophecy that has gone on him, but he declared it because he truly encountered it. When it comes on you, you will know. He now told them, he said, you have heard the scriptures fulfilled in your hearing today. Because now it is upon me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You and I must understand, Jesus said he has anointed me and he began to say the things, to preach, to proclaim, to set, to do things. The spirit of the Lord comes To enable you to do. Tell your neighbor for me. He comes to enable you to do everything he has commanded. Everything that is tied to your destiny. So let us not trivialize the power of the spirit of the Lord. It is so important to understand its place. And as we read, we don't have time to go over it again, but go and read again from verse 20 right through to where we read in verse 41. The Bible says that they were trying to challenge him. They looked at him and said, is this not the son of uh, Joseph? They were trying to trivialize the, the anointing on his life. But the Bible says he ignored them. You must understand that what you carry, the Bible says greater is he who is in you than they that are in the world. What you carry is more than what the enemy is trying to use to threaten your existence. Praise the Lord. So we must keep being in a place of assurance. Let's go straight to verse 42. Luke 14 verse 42. The Bible says now when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the crowd sought him and came to him. I'm reading Luke 4. Sorry, Luke 4. Luke 4, 42. Did I say Luke 14? You should have heard 4. You should know. Luke 4, 42. Now when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. The crowd of life will keep trying to prevent you from doing the things God has commanded you to do, regardless of the anointing you carry. In fact, it is a daily task that you wake up and be ready to fight through the crowd that will try to keep you. But their powers over your life will continue to cease in the name of Jesus. He said they tried to keep him from leaving them. Then verse 43. Let's let's read what he said to them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also because of this purpose I have been sent. I want you to understand. Some of you have come from other countries and you were doing certain level of life in terms of being professionals and engaged at high level. 
and you have come into this country by reason of having to need to integrate. You have started from, from very base levels, as it were, and you are trying to climb up. And the voices, are keep, the, the voices come out to you every morning to tell you that you cannot rise beyond that. You have to say, no, you can't hold me because I must. I must preach. I must rise. I must become everything God has called me to do because for this purpose, I have been sent. God did not send you here to suffer you here. God did not send you to this nation or to the nation that you have found yourself to suffer you there. If you are listening to me by by audio, I want you to know that he has taken you there and you must preach the kingdom. He has taken you there and you must manifest. He has taken you there and you must glorify him. In the name of Jesus, the man who has the anointing will continue to declare what God has said concerning them. So I want to quickly share with you some manifestations of the Spirit of the Lord out of the so many. So when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, there are certain things that must be part and parcel of what you experience in your life. Number one is liberty. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. So now, let's read together. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The word liberty there means freedom. Deliverance. I want you to understand that it is not freedom to sin. It is not liberty to live carelessly. But it is liberty to live free of accusation. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus who walk after the spirit, who do not walk according to the flesh. So we are a people of the spirit. We are a people who have been liberated. Many Christians go about remembering their sins, remembering their failings, remembering their fallings. And the devil keeps telling them, you know, you are not qualified. And they keep going about saying, I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified. Even to pray, they find it difficult to pray. The Bible says the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You are qualified. I say you are qualified. By the reason of the spirit of the Lord, you are qualified. You are set free. In the name of Jesus. We must understand this because it is a tool of the devil to keep people in bondage for so long. As being a church leader, privileged for many years now, and being a church pastor, I can tell you many times you call a brother, you call a sister, you say, you know, I believe God's hand is upon you. You should take on some roles in church. And I've heard it too many times and say, Pastor, I I don't think I'm qualified. I don't think my life is good enough. I don't think I have the qualification. And God says, you are qualified. You are qualified. He has redeemed you by his precious blood. The spirit of the Lord is upon you and you are liberated to serve God. No more holding down for you. In the name of Jesus. You and I must understand that we have to accept the operation of the spirit of the Lord of liberty to enjoy liberty. You see, the Bible says, we read last week, you can write that down as well, Psalm 137 verse 8 and 9. We read that the spirit of the Lord is everywhere. He said, wherever I go, whether in the depth of the sea or on the mountains, he's there. So the spirit of the Lord is everywhere. So the Bible says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So is there liberty everywhere? There should be, but not everyone encounters it. It is your engagement with the spirit of liberty that makes you walk in liberty. I told you many times about the woman with the issue of blood. It's the same Jesus that many people were also touching, 
But somebody who wanted something from him touched him in a different way that he had to comment. So it is not that it is present or not that is the issue. It is how you and I decide to engage with him that makes the difference. If we press into the spirit of liberty every day, we are free. Hallelujah. Every day you press into it, you gain freedom. Every day you wake up, you say, I am free. I am set free. I am made whole. You gain your liberty again in the name of Jesus. The devil say, you remember you told a lie yesterday. You said that was yesterday. My God had has mercy on me. I am not giving you a liberty to uh, freedom to sin, but I am telling you that that is the way you break yourself from the devil. His work is to keep accusing the saints. And so you and I must understand that where we engage with the spirit of liberty, he continues to help us to walk in that liberty. May you continue to be liberated in the mighty name of Jesus. The second thing is that he gives us the power for, um, he gives us the ability for empowered declarations. Write down empowered declarations. Empowered declarations. What's the first thing? Liberty. He manifests and gives us liberty. The second thing is empowered declarations. Second Samuel chapter 23, verse 1 and verse 2. The Bible says, now these are the last words of David. Last words of David. Thus says David, the son of Jesse. Thus says the man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob and the sweet psalmist of Israel. Verse 2. Let's read verse 2 together. The spirit of the Lord spoke and his words was where? The spirit of the Lord spoke by me and his words were on my tongue. Don't say, oh, that was King David. He's a prophet. He's saying the same thing to you. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs 18.21, we don't need to turn to it, but write it down. Death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. He said, they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, they are both there. Whether it is your tongue or the tongue of the Pope. Death and life are there. What you must understand is what you yield to, the spirit you yield to, is what helps you to activate what God wants you to activate. You yield to the Holy Spirit of God like David did. The Spirit of the Lord will speak by you and his word will now be what is on your tongue. The spirit of the enemy wants you to speak death. So he shows you images of death. He shows you images of hopelessness. He flashes things in your life that make it difficult for you to speak life. You have to intentionally, Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 15, Joshua said, I have set before you today life and death, darkness and light. He said, choose life so that you can live. Let the Holy Spirit be the one that speaks through your mind, through your tongue at every time. You see, when you come to the crossroads of life, you must understand that the spirit of the Lord upon you is what will help you to make the empowered declarations. We all know very well that David was a man who said things. We talk about his story a lot in 1 Samuel 17 when he brought down Goliath. One of the things he said was that he was going to cut off the head of Goliath. And did he cut his head or not? By the time he was saying it, there was nothing in the physical to match those things. But he yielded himself to the spirit of the Lord. 
and he spoke by that spirit and what he wanted to see come to pass came to pass. You have to keep looking at your marriage and speaking what you want to see. You have to keep looking at your children and speaking what you want to see. When the report card comes back and the report sheet comes back and they said the boy is not performing in mathematics, he is not good in this, maybe we should go and let him do something else. You say, no, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and my son is excellent. He is beautiful for all situations by God's manifestation. My son will excel. He will not fail. He will not be at the bottom of the class. And I know that not all of us will be excellent in mathematics per se. But none of us are permitted to be failures. I say you will not fail. I say you will not fail. Your children will not fail. Because Isaiah 8.18 tells me that I and the sons and daughters that the Lord has given to me, we are for signs and wonders, not for failures. Not for failures. When you have a son that is performing very well, your shoulder is very high when you walk to the school, isn't it? Uh Uh-huh. The devil doesn't want your shoulder to be high. The last thing I want to say is that he gives us spiritual transformation. What's the first thing the spirit of the Lord does? Liberty. The second thing? Empowered declarations. You need to have the power to speak right. Look at situations and speak right. You can't do it by your power, nor by your might, but by the spirit of the Lord. So shall it be. In Jesus' name. So the third and final thing I want to say is that it is enabling us for spiritual transformation. In the course of the week, Pastor Moses also shared with us as we were praying, First Samuel chapter 10, when Saul was to be anointed king of Israel. The Bible says he took a flask of oil. Samuel took a flask of oil, First Samuel 10 verse 1, and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? Before that time, Saul was not known by any qualification other than the fact that he was a tall man. Nothing about Saul. Even to find a simple donkey, he cannot find. It's true. Now, they said, go and look for donkey. Three days, he couldn't even find. He was a very useless man. He was just tall. Tall, that's all. The Bible says he was tall. That's all. Any other thing about Saul, nothing to write home about him. Go and read it. But the Bible says suddenly, when he was anointed with the spirit of the Lord, he became another man. Verse 6, then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. You will no longer be that person who cannot do even simple, simple things. Because if you cannot find donkey, how can you lead God's people? How can you be the king? It's impossible. So there is a way the spirit of God must come upon you to turn you to another man. I say it must come upon you to turn you to another man. In the name of Jesus. When I was to take on this assignment and God spoke to me late 2012 and I said to him, Lord, you know, I don't need another job. You have given me a lot to do. And he said, son, it's not a job. It is an assignment. And as I heard those words and I took it, a spirit came upon me. His spirit came upon me. And I found that since that day, he anointed me with extraordinary strength and graces. I could plan now ahead more than ever before. Everything we preach till December is all laid out with scripture detail. Things I had never done in my life before. When we were praying at those times, some of you who were here in those praying months of July, August 2013, I stood here for three hours on this same podium for three hours from 9 p.m. till midnight. I didn't move from here preaching, praying, singing. I'd never done it in my life. Then that was the day God confirmed to me that I have turned you to another man. 
There is something that must come upon you to turn you to another man. Because of where God wants to take you to. I decree that it shall come upon you today. In the name of Jesus. Don't say it only came on Jesus. It only came on David. It only came on those people. And oh, Pastor David also has experience. No, it is everyone that has the right. Stand to your feet and let's look at Acts chapter 10. Well,